I'd like to talk to you uh, just a moment about something that we don't see a lot of. Uh, here lately, I've seen Christians act like a bunch of babies, whine and cry and throw fits almost like a, almost like a, a toddler throwing a temper tantrum. And I want us to understand today, and I don't believe we have a problem with that here, with, with the people that are here today, but the people that may hear this need to understand it and, and, and hear these things because integrity is a part of a Christian lifestyle. We have to be people of integrity. And uh, uh, I'll find my place here in a minute. Uh, I keep flipping them past it there. But Daniel chapter 6 and verse 22, this verse, we're going to start with it. And we're going to also end with it today, and, it, and it'll be a good journey as you see uh, what happens here. But let me just read this in Daniel 6 and verse 22. This is at the point when Daniel had been thrown in the lion's den, and the very next morning uh, King Darius had come along and, and found that, that God had protected uh, Daniel from the lions in the lion's den. And this is what Daniel says in verse 22. My God sent his angel... And shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me. And we tend to dwell on that part of the verse, but we today we're going to dwell on the second half of that verse because Daniel gives a reason why he was protected. Because I was found innocent before him, speaking of God, and also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. So can we have integrity in the eyes of God and man? That's a question that the Lord has me to ask us today. Can we have integrity in the eyes of God and man? Is it possible to be strong in our faith while living alongside of sinful people or sinful man? Is it possible to serve and respect sinful man without compromising our faith in a holy God? Is those things possible? Yes, we can. Taking a look at the life of the prophet Daniel, we will see this. Now, Daniel was a man of integrity. Integrity uh, in the dictionary simply says this. Uh, it means a firm adherence to a code, especially to moral values. And also one of the definitions it gives is incorruptibility. That's what integrity does is it gives you an incorruptibility that people, when they see you, when they look at you, they say, that person's a little bit different than everybody else. You know, it's real easy to go fly off the handle. It's real easy to get mad and spout stuff that you have to go back and apologize for. Everybody can do that. But to learn to quiet our tongue and to listen and think about what we're getting ready to say, that takes integrity, doesn't it? It takes a little bit of labor. It takes a little bit of work. Now, generally speaking, we reference the book of Daniel for two reasons. Most of all my life, anytime somebody talks about the book of Daniel, it's for these two reasons. One is to stand up for what you believe in. And absolutely, we learn that in the book of Daniel. The second thing is to understand the end of time. You read those latter parts of the latter chapters of the book of Daniel. Boy, the end of time is spelled out in very specific detail. Daniel was given those uh, visions and dreams and understanding of those dreams. We often, however... Forget a third crucial lesson in the book of Daniel. And this lesson is integrity. Daniel was able to be righteous before a holy God 
while faithfully serving unrighteous men. Now, there's a lot of Christians today that don't believe that. Then when somebody in, 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 in authority or whatever that they don't like and it does things they don't approve of and they might be wicked and sinful, when those kind of people come in power into charge, there's a lot of Christians today that have the attitude, well, I'll just take my bottle and go home. I'm leaving here. I don't want to do this. I'm not accepting this, blah, 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 blah. But that's not a person of integrity. Because the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by a Lord. And if the Lord has brought us to a place where we're alive in the day and time where evil people rule, then God will also bring us through. There's a reason that he has brought us into this time. And it may simply to be just to shine the light of integrity that will catch people's attention. And then they can ask you, what makes you different? How can you respond this way when everybody else is just going off the deep end? And you can say, it's because of my trust in Jesus Christ. You see, it opens the door for the ability to witness integrity. Daniel was young when Nebuchadnezzar conquered the nation of Judah. Daniel and his friends, along with many other Jews, were deported to Babylon for one purpose. Now we have to think about this. And that was to teach the Jews the language and literature of the Babylonians so that they could serve, guess who, in Nebuchadnezzar's palace. Let me read that to you. If you want to flip over there, if you still have your Bibles open, you can read it with me. In Daniel chapter 1 and verse 4, it tells at the very beginning of the book of Daniel why Nebuchadnezzar brought these guys to Babylon. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 4, he's given instructions to bring these guys and what to do with them. In verse 4, it says, I want you to bring uh, the descendants of some of the nobles, young men, in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans, which is another word for the Babylonians. To start with, we have to understand that Daniel served several pagan kings for a period of around 70 years. Our brother, we was, was, was carrying on with our brother Charlie this morning of having a birthday, 83 years old, praise the Lord. Imagine 70 of those years serving pagan kings, various different pagan kings. That's a long time, isn't it? That's a whole lifetime of being subject to ungodly people. Think about that. The Bible mentions that there was five names of those kings, but there was actually even more when you study the history of Babylon. The things he must have seen no doubt bothered him, but through it all he maintained his integrity. We have to remember that when people were worshiping idols and they got into all this stuff, there were some filthy things that went on right in the general public that no, they didn't hide it from nobody. Debauchery, sexual stuff, filthy stuff that went on. And Daniel saw this stuff pretty much all his life. He rubbed elbows with people who went to these things and practiced this stuff. Yet, somehow, he had integrity. He didn't just say, well, I won't take my bottle and go home. This is not fair. He had come into that position for just a time as that. 
I've been starting to look at this and think that Daniel was very wise because he realized that had he started being rebellious and some of those nobles started being rebellious, Nebuchadnezzar could have turned on the whole group of people that had been deported and just killed them all. Because they'd already proven themselves to be quite rebellious in a lot of ways. So he kept his integrity through all these things. First, we have to understand that Daniel was an eyewitness to the reign or to the evil reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah. Although very young at this point, Daniel witnessed the evil of idolatry that Jehoiakim supported and embraced. Yet when the Babylonians captured Daniel, he was recognized as a man of integrity. Had he been a rebellious man, he would have no doubt been executed because the Babylonians had no patience for rebels. When they came and, and conquered Judah and decided to round everybody up and take them back to Babylon to teach them all these things, this literature and language, what would have happened if Daniel and some of his companions would have said, well, we refuse to go. We're not going. You can't make us. It would have been off with their heads, wouldn't it? So could a person have integrity and be respectful to ungodly people while at the same time respecting the, the, the laws of God Almighty? Absolutely we can. Yes, we can. It'd be difficult. And I believe that's what the Lord has called the church in America right now too. That's why we're seeing the things going on right now. But we have to be the ones to have integrity and not be a bunch of babies whining and crying because we didn't get things our way. Amen? Amen. Upon arriving in Babylon... Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were forced to learn the Babylonian language and literature. And a lot of times when they talk about literature, we understand this. That means the religion. A lot of times they just lump literature and religion in there together. So they had to learn about all this stuff because guess what? They were going to be high-ranking government officials in Nebuchadnezzar's palace. They were going to be working in his administration. So they wanted them to have an understanding of all of the things and all of their laws and all of their language and all that stuff. What would have happened if they'd refused? What would have happened if they said, we refuse to serve this ungodly man? What if they acted like Christians in America today are acting? What would have happened? They would have just looked at those guys and said, you know what? They're no different than anybody else. Kill them all. But even a wicked king, Nebuchadnezzar, saw something different in these people. Saw something different in Daniel. What was it that he saw? Integrity. He knew Daniel loved his God and would not compromise. But he also saw in Daniel that he had enough integrity to know that, yes, I'll do what you tell me, king. As much as is in my ability, I will obey you and do what you ask me to do. We can learn a great lesson in the United States for this, from this today. Nebuchadnezzar was one of the most egotistical and ruthless kings to ever live. If you don't believe that, take a look at Daniel 3 and 6, and that describes the punishment of the fiery furnace for anybody who failed to fall down and worship the image that he'd made. That shows you how egotistical and mean that he really was. The Bible called the Babylonians... Uh, a cruel and hasty nation who showed no mercy. They held idolatrous festivals to celebrate false gods, and we know that such celebrations included all manner of debauchery. Daniel witnessed these things and yet kept his integrity. 
as a high-ranking advisor to Nebuchadnezzar, he may have even had to be present at such celebrations. We don't stop and think about the real-world implications when we read the Bible. If he was a government official, he probably had to be somewhere around close when this stuff was going on. And you know that that must have tainted his mind and bothered him to have to be around such things. I think we in America are going to see some things that make us uncomfortable. I think we're going to see things that bother us. But we have to still keep our integrity. We are witnesses for Jesus Christ that people can change their life, right? That people can get saved and born again. That people can come to Jesus and He can change their tune. Amen? That's our message. Our message is not, well, we didn't get our way, so we're just going to leave. No, we're in the fight. We're going to shine the light of Jesus Christ. Amen? To that we've been called. Amen. Hallelujah. Daniel also would have had to work alongside other ungodly people while serving in Nebuchadnezzar's administration. Think about that. It wasn't just the deported Jews that worked in his administration. It was Babylonians too. And we know what they believed and how they looked at life and how they viewed things. So they were working alongside people that they probably didn't care a whole lot for. There may have been some co-workers that Daniel worked right alongside of that he detested the way they did things and the way they looked at life. But yet he kept his integrity. Incorruptibility, but yet holding on to that strong moral code that the law of Moses had taught him. What's well, a fine line in that's a tight rope. And it's a difficult one to do. It's easy to give up and just quit, right? Well, fine, just let whatever. But no, it's tough to keep your integrity in the face of adversity. Amen. Amen. Yet through it all, he kept his love for God and was not corrupted by the evil that he saw. Now there were five other kings who ruled Babylon after Nebuchadnezzar. The last was a man named Nabonidus. Nabonidus. Can't even hardly pronounce it. Now he was rarely at Babylon and left his son, the one we recognize, Belshazzar, in charge. They claim that in Babylonian history that he was one of the most hated kings because he never was around. He was always on vacation. So he just decided to leave his son Belshazzar in charge, let him take care of everything, and I'll go over here and enjoy life. So Belshazzar was in charge. He was a very vile man. He held a drunken party and used the holy utensils that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem in, in this drunken, nasty, uh, idolatrous-infested party that he had. We read that there in the book of Daniel. Then the Lord wrote Belshazzar a message on the wall that nobody could understand. None of the wise men, nobody else could understand this message. It was written by the hand on the wall. While they were having all this going on, guess who they called for? They called for Daniel. Now, do you think Daniel was going to like going into a mess like that, like he was getting ready to walk into? He wasn't at the party at the present, but he was being summoned to that party. We got a problem. We need you to help us. Daniel could have been like Christians in America today. So I'm not going to help at all. I'm not going to do anything. But what did he do? It was his position, and he went, and he still served the king who was over him. 
Belshazzar. When he was summoned, he went. He could have refused to go to such a vile gathering, but he went. He read the message to Belshazzar, and it's very familiar to Bible students and Christians. And the message was, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. You've been waiting the balances and found wanting. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. And an interesting thing happened. Daniel was honored and made the third ruler over Babylon. That's what Belshazzar said. Anybody who can read this, I'll make him the third ruler in Babylon. And Daniel read it and the Bible says there that that's what they did. They put a gold chain around his neck and said this is the third ruler in the nation of Babylon. This was an honor that Daniel did not refuse. Once again, Daniel's integrity was so great that yet another wicked king promoted him to be the, basically the equivalent of the vice president. Belshazzar's father was considered number one. He just didn't happen to be there. Belshazzar was basically number two. So when Belshazzar said, Daniel, you're going to be number three, he said, you're going to be right under me. Daniel did not refuse this. Later that night, Cyrus, the king of Persia, invaded and conquered Babylon. Belshazzar was killed, but Daniel remained alive. Now, usually when someone overtook another country or another empire, they killed everybody from the top down in the administration because they didn't want rebels. They killed Belshazzar, but here now another pagan king named Cyrus saw something different in Daniel. And Daniel was kept alive, even though now he had just been promoted, probably still wearing the gold chain, to a third in the kingdom. Integrity matters. Not only in God's eyes, but in man's eyes too, doesn't it? Amen? Amen. That same year, a little bit later, that same year, Cyrus delegated the province of Babylon to his brother-in-law, and we know him as what the Bible refers to as Darius the Mede. That's why it was always called the Medes and the Persians, because they were all intertwined there in, in a family relationship. So Cyrus delegated the province of Babylon to his brother-in-law Darius the Mede. Darius was basically the king over the province of Babylon. Very soon after this, Darius, also an idol worshiper, fought to promote Daniel to being the governor over the entire kingdom. What did he see in Daniel that made him want to promote him to basically be the governor over the whole kingdom that he'd been given to rule? Was it this attitude we see today? Blah, 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 and people posting stuff on Facebook and inflaming stuff and insulting the government and all that. Was that what, was that what he saw in Daniel? No. He saw a man of integrity. Amen. This caused the other high-ranking government officials to become jealous of Daniel. They played on Darius's ego and urged him to make a new law that no one could petition any god or man except Darius for 30 days. Now we always dwell on the part of this story where Daniel, everybody says, yeah, and I'll tell you right now what Daniel done is he went and he prayed he didn't care what the king said. But there's one thing we miss here. Where did Daniel go to pray? 
went to his home. Like he always did. He didn't go out in the public square and make a big spectacle. He didn't go out and start a rebellion. He simply went home and he opened his window toward Jerusalem like he always did. And there he prayed to the Lord. Even when he could not follow the, the, the law that the ungodly king had made, even when it came to the place where he said, you know, you tell me not to petition any other God but you, but I'm telling you right now, I have to petition my God because that's where it is number one. Even when he had to do that, he did it with integrity. And he went home and he prayed like he always did. We miss that. Integrity. Integrity. Hallelujah. When Daniel knew of the law, knew the law had been signed, he did something very interesting. I guess I got ahead of myself. He didn't make a scene in a public square. He simply went home and prayed to God like he always did. This resulted in Daniel being sentenced to the lion's den. And another interesting thing happens here. Daniel wasn't angry. He didn't go kicking and screaming when he knew they'd done him wrong. He submitted. He submitted himself to man and he submitted himself to God. And he knew if God seemed fit to save his life that he would. Now he could have been like Christians today went out and got on the street corner marching and carrying on and, and stirred up a big bunch of stuff on Facebook. But what did he do? He responded with integrity. Hallelujah. What an example. He wasn't angry and didn't respond with insults. He responded with integrity. The next morning, Darius witnessed a miracle. God had protected Daniel from the lion's den. You know, it's, the Bible says that this King Darius was heartbroken over what had happened. He loved Daniel and trusted him and was, was very grieved and grieved himself all night about what had happened because he had made a law and then the way they worked it out in, in the places of, of Persia, they couldn't change a law once it was made. Once it was made, that was it. And he was grieved because he knew Daniel was a man of integrity and that he'd been done wrong. And he sought ways to try to get out of it, but they couldn't find any. So Daniel ended up in the lion's den and it said he was grieved all night. But he came to the lion's den that next morning, Darius did, and Daniel was found alive. Here again, Daniel shows integrity. Do you hear him gloating? Do you hear him hurling insults? No, he didn't do any of those things. He didn't become bitter. And he responded and said, O king, live forever. Back to our verse we read. We read verse 22 of chapter 6. Look what verse 21 says. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. At the very moment, he could have been the most bitter in his life. He knew God had brought him to that place. And he said, O king, live forever. In other words, I still respect you as my king. What are Christians doing today? God has placed a man over us that we don't like. And Christians everywhere is throwing fits. And they are bringing shame upon the name of Jesus Christ. But we need to be like Daniel was and say, you know what? He's the king whether I like it or not. And I'll do my best to help him. And I'll do my best to help 
God's cause as well. Integrity matters. It's a forgotten virtue. It's a forgotten virtue. Daniel 6.22, the Bible records why Daniel was protected by God. It was because he was innocent before God and had done no wrong to Darius. In other words, Daniel was protected from certain death because he was found to have integrity in the eyes of God and man. Look at our verse again, and that's how we've circled all the way around. Verse, chapter 6, verse 22 of Daniel. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. People don't realize the power of the United States government. We have seen it over the last year. We're not as free of people as we thought. And I think we would be very wise to realize that and not go poking them in the eyes. I made a Facebook post this week. If you poke a grizzly bear in the eye, you're probably going to get mauled. You need to be very careful. We need to be people like Daniel and have integrity and realize, yes, they're evil. Yes, they do things that God doesn't approve of, but still at the same fact of the matter, they're our leader. You know, the Bible tells us we're not supposed to speak evil of our leaders. People don't realize that one either. So throughout nearly 70 years of witnessing the evil of idolatry and the conduct of a society given to debauchery, Daniel maintained his integrity. He saw the wicked reign of Jehoiakim in Judah, and he served as an advisor to seven other pagan kings for nearly 70 years. He worked alongside people who engaged in conduct that the law of Moses forbade, yet Daniel kept his integrity intact. He was able to balance loving God while at the same time serving unholy people or unholy kings. Now, I know we don't like what's going on in our country right now. We don't like the thought of ungodly people having authority over us and the laws they're going to make and the things they're going to ram down our throats. We don't like it. But I'm hopeful today. Hopeful because I know we can keep our integrity and love for God through it all. I believe we can. You want to know why? Because the same Holy Spirit that helped Daniel lives in us and he's going to help us to have integrity. We're going to make it through. Amen. We're going to have integrity and be people respected by God and by man. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe that we need to be like Daniel and be people of integrity in the face of things we're not comfortable with. I think we need to stop belittling and insulting those who have authority over us, whether we agree with their principles or not. Uh, Mr. Biden is the president, whether we like it or not. We know what he believes and we know what he stands for. And we're probably going to see things we don't like, but we need to maintain our integrity. Someone said earlier this week that they refused to pray for an ungodly, wicked president. But the Bible teaches us so, teaches us to do that. And you want to know why? He told Timothy, he said, we need to pray for them people so that we can live a quiet and peaceful life so they won't be messing with us. Maybe we could pray that these ungodly people who are in charge now would have a situation come up just like with Nebuchadnezzar. You know, he had a change of heart. He humbled himself and he realized that God was in charge and he changed the way he looked at everything. Maybe that's what they need. 
Maybe that's what we could pray for. But regardless, we need to have integrity in the eyes of God and of man. In closing, I say this. I believe this whole ordeal is testing us as Christians. Testing to see if our eyes are on man or on Jesus. And testing to see if we will maintain our integrity or respond with insults and disrespect. We've been given a great example in the prophet Daniel. We really have. Hopefully we illuminated a little bit of that today. Most of what I see in here tells me that the body of Christ as a whole is failing the test. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a man like Daniel, a man of integrity. We need to have integrity. If we have a, a high level of integrity before God and man, people will respect us more. But if we go screaming and crying and throwing fits and doing a lot of the things I've been seeing going on, people will just disregard us. They'll say, that person's silly. They don't know nothing. So integrity matters. This truly is a forgotten virtue in our Christian lives today. So let's, as we've closed here, let's close with a final prayer this morning. Father, we pray about this lesson you've shown us today. God, we do need integrity. We thank you, God, for this great example in a man named Daniel who showed integrity for a long, long time. Lord, we probably don't know half of the things he had to see and endure. But God, a man of integrity. You taught us in your word to look back at these examples. Sometimes those examples teach us hard lessons and sometimes they exhort us to, to follow in their footsteps and we see, Lord, we need to have integrity like Daniel did. We know he was just a man, but we look at our Savior also who was a man of integrity. He never challenged the Roman authority. He never made a, a spectacle, made a problem. The only issues he ever had was with the religious elites of his supposed to be his own faith. So Lord, we see that example even in our Lord Jesus today of integrity, of being righteous before God, but also being respectful of sinful man. And Lord, we know that's something that we don't really want to do, but it takes effort. And so Father, as our country has, has changed directions, we know our country's going a different direction than it has for a while. Lord, help us be people of integrity. Help us be willing to do the hard things and, and, and work right alongside people we don't agree with and support and pray for people, Lord, that we don't agree with their policies, but we pray, God, that, that their eyes would be open, that they'd have mercy on us as Christians, Lord, and help us to, to not be like others and keep drawing bullseyes on ourselves, that we're just going to bring the wrath of the government on us if we don't stop. So, Father, I pray this today in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord, to walk in integrity, this forgotten virtue of Christianity. I pray it in Jesus' name, Lord. I pray for each and every one. I pray you keep us all safe. Till the next appointed time we meet, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.